Amen. When time is no more, he is. And so this is the story. Uh, hopefully some of those themes were familiar to you uh, as you went throughout, as they went throughout Scripture. If you've read some of those books before, you see the theme, and especially in the Old Testament, you see the theme of where Christ was in the middle of these stories. And, and we're going to be talking about that in a minute and more in the upcoming weeks. But right now, I want to ask, this will, this will be fun and this can be encouraging if we, if we can participate in this. I want you just, just you, you, can just, you can say it out loud. You don't even need to lift up your hand. I want your own He is right now for you in this moment. He is. He is my God who is always present. He is the God that is there for me. What, who is He for you in this moment? Give me a, can you give me a He is just right where you're seated? He is. Somebody. Anybody. Take a shot at it. He is the Lord of Lords. Okay? He is my life. We'll put the he is in front of it. Good, good job. He is everything. He is my protector. He is my ever-loving life. Good. He is my savior. He is my rock. Good. He is with me continuously. He is my alpha, my beginning. Good. He is my example. He is my father. He is my counselor. He is my friend. Good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you, as we've heard of this story throughout Scripture. We've seen how you were present. We don't speak of these things now all in the past. We bring them here into the present. As, and as Christ was present in the very beginning in Genesis, and as he's the, the Alpha and the Omega, he is now present with us in these moments. And now we must recognize your presence in our midst and recognize, Lord, the work that you have done in our life. And our, our confession this morning is to say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being the God that is. And as we continue this morning, may that be, may we find more testimonies of how he is present in our life And, Lord, it's always a testimony of past, present, and future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to invite you. I'm going to be, since the video did a little bit of a a preaching for us, I'm just going to be a few moments this morning before we get to communion. And I'm going to really stick with just one verse here and then kind of explain um, what we're going to be doing with this series because it's, it's, it's going to be fun for me. I don't know if you'll have fun or not, but I'm going to like it, okay? But I want you to go, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Colossians 1, 15 through 20. We will have these verses on the screen, but I'm not going, I've been having lots of different verses for you throughout the week. I'm just going to be right here in Colossians this morning, because this is the ultimate He is passage. Colossians 1, verse, beginning with verse 15. Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15. And here's what it says. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
Christ didn't become the image of God. We have to understand how this language is written. He is the image of God. Jesus is, in other words, what God looks like. Maybe you've, you've, you, you try to, I don't know if you have moments like I do, where you try to grasp the vastness of God. Well, wait, when you try to think about, I don't, when you try to think about infinity, I can't think about infinity. My head can't handle it. You know, that, that something always has been and, and always will be. For me, that's kind of hard. It's much easier to believe that something always has been and always will be rather than something came out of nothing, right? That doesn't make any sense. But, but God always has been and always is, and we can think of all these big ideas of God and how he's not, how God is spirit, the text says, that those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I'm sorry, but for me, that's kind of too big sometimes for me to understand. So what God did is as, as Christ came, he made his dwelling among us, and Jesus is the face. Jesus is the way we can understand what God looks like in the flesh. And it is found in Christ. He is the face of God. So we can see what God is like. We can see how he would interact with people if he were here on this earth. Because that's what Jesus is. We can understand his character. We can understand his nature. We can understand his values. We can understand what's important to God and what's not so important to God. All, is, all of this is found in the image of Christ. And I say it. I say it often that we must be people that learn how to seek the image, seek the face of who God is, want to know what he is like, want to experience him, want to be like him, rather than just his blessing, rather than just his hand and what he can do for us. So let's remember that he is the image of God. In second, verse 16, it says, For in him, referring to Christ, all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Man, that's crazy, right? All the invisible things were created by God. Show me your invisible things that you have with you right now. You can't do it because they're invisible. But God created those. In other words, God created love. Yeah, even what we talked about this morning, God even created some of that anxiety, that feeling we have to prepare for things. Um, he created all that was, was visible and invisible. Um. Did I finish reading the text? Yes, through him and for him. Um, he, it, oh, it says in verse 16, oh, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, everybody say all things, all things have been created through him and for him. He is over all creation. Creation owes its meaning and purpose to Christ. It is found. Creation's meaning and purpose is found in Christ. We need to pause on that one for a moment. Creation, all that is going on around us, its meaning and its purpose is found in Christ. Now, we can make that present tense. You may not understand every conspiracy theory that's going on out there. But if you want all these different things that all of these could be's and, and all of these things that maybe you heard from the past and that could be happening in the future. But if you want to, in the middle of so much uncertainty, if you will draw near to Christ, you will find your purpose in the middle of whatever your present chaos is. All things we look for. We, in all things, he defines our meaning. 
We see this theme even, they mention it in Kings and Chronicles. The sovereignty of God. He is sovereign over all nations. He allows kings and kings to, to rise and to fall. He knows what's going on. He knows how it's all going to play out. He is sovereign over everything. So it's like we're trying to figure all this stuff out. And the Lord says, I want you to find your identity in me. Then all of these other things aren't going to be such a worry to you, aren't going to be such a, a complex. It doesn't have to be that big. Just find yourself in me. So verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Before even there was evil, it says he is. Before there was an agenda of man, he is. He holds it all together. And maybe you've ever felt like, you know, things are spiraling downward. downward. Maybe things are falling apart, but maybe that, that has something to do with the plan of God. But your meaning, your purpose and your identity is held solid even when everything changes. Lightfoot called this, a guy named Lightfoot called this, the difference between chaos and cosmos. Some people look at space and some people look at the world that we're in today and just say it's a lot of chaos. But in creation, and understand the, the God knows exactly what is going on. And we want to try and figure it out sometimes and say it's spiraling downward. Things are getting worse. But our meaning and meaning for everything is found in Christ. But yet think of all the different things that we look to, to, to put a stamp of meaning on. And the Lord wants to return us and remind us that he is. Find your meaning, find your identity, your purpose in this moment in me. Verse 18 says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So, so that in everything he might have supremacy. He is the head of the church. That really expositors Bible commentary talks about how that means three things. The church is a living organism. It's, it's, it's something that, that is united together. It's joined vitally to one another. So the church is something that is living and active. And secondly, the church is the means by which Christ carries out his purposes in the world. Christ interacts, still interacts through the world some way through the church. In other words, what I'm saying is how does the Spirit of God, where does the Spirit of God dwell in the earth? Is he up here in the clouds necessarily? Where does the, where does the Bible tell us the Spirit of God is? In the hearts of men and women just like you. Therefore, we need the church. The church together is when people who have the presence of God in them learn how to work together for a cause bigger than themselves. So Christ is working through the church. He's working through his people. It's the means by which Christ carries out his purposes. And then finally, the union between Christ and his church is intimate and real. That we are called as individuals within the church to have an intimate personal relationship with him. And even, you know, even in a time like these where we, you know, even as our church and many churches across America are having a little trouble bouncing back from, from COVID, right? And so the question is going to be, well, what do we need to do? The answer to those things begin with drawing near to the living God. Finding our identity, our meaning, and our purpose again in him. And realizing that there is a, a unity there, there is an identity there that is found first in Christ. We will not be able to be the church without the head. Now verse 19, 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And all his fullness dwelled in Christ. He was fully God and he was fully man. He was completely yielded to the power of God. And yes, completely uh, tempted by the temptations of man as well. This is who, who Christ was in the flesh. And finally, verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So the whole purpose of all of this is reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. And your newsletter, your newsletter this, uh, this morning uh, talked about how I, when I was told uh, that we're going to do, we're going to do vacation Bible school this year on Exodus. This is like, well, these were our first meetings. This is going to be great. We're going to talk about how, how the, the, the Israelites left, how the Hebrews left Egypt. And my, in my Bible, Bible mind, I quickly went to, really? We're going we're gonna to tell them how God killed an entire Egyptian army with a whole body of water? That sounds fun. We're going to tell them how God killed all the firstborn kids, these little babies, out of Egypt? Like, we're going to tell these stories to these kids? Like, this is where I went in my head. Like, real, like, how are we going to communicate these stories to kids and make it fun? <laughs> um, so, that, yeah. And so this is where I went right away. Now, by the way, we did. We made it fun. We didn't, we didn't go real specific on some of those things, right? We didn't emphasize, by the way, those people, they all died. They're all gone now. No, we, we didn't do that, okay? But, but, but as, as an adult, and I hope you, you guys sitting here as well, if you've ever picked up the Old Testament and begin to read, I would hope you realize you have some problems with these stories. Like, this is what God is like. This is what he does. I, I mean, try the book of Joshua. I still wonder, there's been like, I don't even know if there's been a Bible movie out of Joshua. There has to have been. I still wonder about, it's like, it's like the one book for whatever reason that, that Christians are scared to put out there in the public. <laughs> Because if people actually knew all of what is in the book of Joshua, they, they would be, people would fear that nobody would want to be Christians anymore. Yeah, now maybe I got your attention. You should read the book of Joshua. Okay, that's, there's some scary things in the book of Joshua because the scary part is that the, the, the Israelites were victorious in taking the promised land. That was the book when they went in and took Canaan. But you know what it meant to take Canaan? mean they destroyed all the people that lived in Canaan. And it talks about what they did and what happened if they didn't do what God told them to do. So, I want to end the sermon on that. You guys have a great day. <laughs> These aren't real encouraging things, are they? These are things that really mess with your head a little bit. And so, I bring these to your attention because this is where we're going to be going in the upcoming weeks. We're going to be getting into some of these Old Testament stories and understanding, as we've been saying, what was the meaning and what was the purpose behind this? And what is this, the book of Exodus, and what is this in Joshua have to do with Jesus? And you're going to see how he is. He was right in the middle of a lot of those stories. The Old Testament. The Old I say this all the time, and I hope you remember this one. The Old Testament itself is a constant yearning and longing 
for something better, something to reconcile everything together. That God was in the earth before the fall with Adam and Eve. In some way, somehow, God has to get back in the earth and present with his creation so that, that he can make it all reconciled and make it all whole again. And the Old Testament presents that cycle and time and time again, that need for the Messiah who was to come. It presents what happens to when a creation um, is separate from God. It presents what the standard for sin and the standard for holiness and, and why we needed the Messiah. And so you're going to learn in upcoming weeks, um, we're, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. And and I, it, it seems I've done this with youth and I've done this, we did a, a series way back called I Am Second. That was a long time ago, probably five or six years ago we did. And, and where I kind of come in, I'm not going to be dressed up or anything, but it'll help where I'll take the form of the character. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. I'm going to talk to you as if I was Adam, okay, the first man on earth, okay? So, that, so I'll kind of do that from a character perspective, and we're going to find Christ in all of these stories. But before we close today, I'm going to go ahead and invite our deacons to come now and uh, prepare for communion. I want to share just a couple of things before we close here. Today, we've been in the New Testament, Colossians, and the ultimate he is passage, but, but the Old Testament, it wasn't that there was the Old Testament and then Jesus. We're going to see in upcoming weeks how Jesus always was even in the Old Testament and how his plan was to bring reconciliation. It was always Jesus. Always Jesus, always the plan of God to bring reconciliation. So before we partake of communion this morning, uh, I want to ask you, where do you need reconciliation today? I invite you at this time just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Where do you need reconciliation with even those things in your life and your past? But maybe there's these things in your life in this moment that just don't make sense to you. Things where the pieces need to be put back together, the, the, the places where you need to come to terms with reality. Where do you need reconciliation? All those loose ends in your heart. Today I want you to know as we prepare that he is your peace. He is your answer. He is your sustenance. He is your healing. Scripture says that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's just take one, about 10 minutes of silence here to prepare our hearts for communion.
Lord, we thank you for the privilege to come to your table this morning. We thank you for the privilege to have moments like this where we remember who we are and remember that you are present in our life. We remember and we find our identity, our meaning, and our purpose in these moments. So, Lord, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your body that was broken for us so that we can have a life and we can have sustenance. Lord, now, as we partake as brothers and sisters together, we make this place a sacred memorial, a sacred reminder of who we are and what our purpose is together as the church of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Chris, if you would have, and maybe Nick, you could help him, if there would be just some in- instrumental music you could play lightly in the back. And um, At this time, we're going to, the way we'll do communion again is uh, Jill and I are going to come and, or maybe someone else, is it you or Clint? Clint and I, we're going to come and dismiss by Rose, okay? If you would be in need of uh, plastic communion and you don't have it yet, uh, just lift up your hand. Uh, Bruce is going to bring that to you if you, if you would not want to come forward, okay? We got one right over there, Bruce. And so we can go and get that. So at this time, we just ask you to remain uh, reflective. And let's have a, a time of revere as we partake of communion together this morning. So as I come and uh, dismiss you, you'll be invited to come forward. Oh, and I'm sorry, one more thing. If you would need prayer before as you're dismissed, I would be more than willing and happy to pray with you uh, before you go up to partake of the elements.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your table. We thank you that just as many here have experienced a meal with family, that we can always come back home and remember who we are. Thank you for the table that is prepared before us. And as your scripture says, even in the presence of our enemies, even in the moments when we don't have all of the other things in life figured out, even when we know we have stressful things that we came in with and that will be there for us when we get back, but in the middle of it we can be changed because we remember who we are because we remember who you are. We remember who he is. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God that is the Alpha, the Omega, but also our shepherd, our father, as was said this morning, our rock. Lord, your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'll invite you to stand for your benediction this morning. Today, as we begin our He Is series, may you be reconciled to Christ, making peace through his blood shed on on the cross and his body that was broken for you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.